The We're LCC podcast is a monthly show that comes out on the 9th of every month. But if you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app, you'll never need to remember that because the show will automatically be there. So go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app now. We are LCC, a podcast emanating from the halls of Lower Canada College on Royal Avenue in Montreal. Here's alumni officer Christine Jones. Welcome to the We Are LCC podcast. I'm Christine Jones, your host, alum, parent, and the school's alumni officer. I'm so happy today to be talking with Lily Mariani from the class of 2024. Lily's grade 10 IB personal project focused on the accessibility of sport for all, and we have a great conversation where she sheds light on her inspiration, and among her insights on the topic, she also talks about her experience as the first female on the LCC baseball team. So, Lily, thank you again for being with us on the We Are LCC podcast. Very happy to have you join us to talk about your personal project and your experience on the LCC baseball team. So if we want to start, I'd love to talk to you about your personal project, the grade 10 project, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about what the grade 10 projects are and what the objective is for people that don't know. So basically, the grade 10 personal project is something that every single student in grade 10 at LCC does. And it's part of the IB program, which is the International Baccalaureate program. And you have the choice to choose anything you want to do. You could do anything from, I know some people who made a doghouse, other people who made anything, literally anything. But I chose to make a manual for adapted sports for children with disabilities. And basically, you have to create your own unique process. And with that process, you have your final product, which is the goal for the project. And so there's a manual part and a written part? Yeah. So you make your actual project, which is like what you showcase. But behind all of the product and everything, you have to make like a 15 page like journal and a process and your steps on how you created it, which is the big part of the project. Right. Okay. And so what motivated you to choose this topic for your personal project? So last year I was actually, I volunteered as a CIT at Camp Massawippi, which is basically a camp for children with disabilities from physical to mental, everything in between. And I realized in the process that there's a lot of children that we didn't really know what to do during the summer because it's not like we can just bring them to a park and just let them play on like the play structure. That's not how it works for a lot of these children. So I felt like this was an opportunity for me to make a change in a lot of like the kids' lives, like in camp and also just parents in general, because a lot of the parents, it's difficult to constantly like make their lives you know, fun and give them opportunities to have physical activity. So I felt that by making this manual, it gave them the opportunity to do this. So that's why I chose it. I mean, I think that's actually really nice. I have a personal connection to Camp Massawippi. My sister went there. Oh. She was a student at the Mackay Center for a bunch of years. So I, when I read your project, it touched me also because I've grown up with that sort of mm-hmm. life and world. And you see how inaccessible things are for yeah. sometimes people with disabilities. So, I mean, in your opinion, could other sports organizations or whether it's camps or clubs sort of promote more inclusivity and make sure that sports can be accessible to people of all abilities and backgrounds and stuff. 
I think the first step of doing that is obviously just educating the monitors. So a lot of the time, I feel like people don't even really understand because when we think of disability in sports, we think of, oh, like the Paralympics when they play basketball in the wheelchairs. But a lot of the time, it's so much deeper than that. So we also have to think of the disabilities that, you know, you don't have as much strength in your arms. You can't do as many things. So I think just educating people on the amount of different disabilities that there are instead of just kind of closing people's minds into there being only a few types of disabilities because there's so much more than that. And I think that every organization should be educating the people working there about these things because a lot of people don't know. And I was the first hand, like when I first worked at the camp, I had no idea about what I was getting myself into. I did not know what to expect. I kind of just thought a lot of the people would just be in wheelchairs, but I didn't know to what extent. And it was really eye-opening that we don't learn enough about it outside. No, it's so true. I mean, education definitely is one of the first things and we only know what we know. So of course, you know, you exactly. go into this new environment and how are you, how are you supposed to know unless you've been exposed? So so what were some of the approaches that you took to research your project? Because, you know, I, in your project, just so we give people a bit of background, you cover all different kinds of sports and how they can be more adaptable. What approach did you take for your research? So I had to meet with a lot of professionals. My mom's actually a physiotherapist. So I met with her first and I was like, okay, I want to do this, but I don't know what could be safe because at the same time, although like I couldn't test these out myself. So I wanted to make sure with a lot of professionals, I met with a number of occupational therapists that work with children with these types of disabilities, with cerebral palsy and things like that, because I wanted to make sure that I'm making this manual, but I actually wanted to be able to use it this summer because I'm working back at Cat Master with you this summer. Oh, nice. So I wanted to make sure that this was going to be able to be used and not just have it in the back of my corner for school. So I met with a lot of professionals. I did a lot of research. I went to the library. I looked at a lot of different books about disabilities and sports. And it was honestly difficult because when you research sports and disabilities, you usually only see like Paralympic sports and Mm -hmm. sports that are people who are mentally like us. Mm -hmm. However, they're not physically there. But I needed to be able to find a middle ground for people who sometimes can be physically there, but mentally it's difficult for them or both. So I had to do a lot of research and I had to combine these two together, which is why my mom helped a lot. A lot of occupational therapists. My dad is an athletic therapist. He helped me with a lot of sports that I could do. So it was kind of just like a lot of effort of meeting with a lot of people and just creating manual. Right. Well, no, and that makes a lot of sense because I think one of the most important points that you just said was you want to create this manual, but you want to be able to use it. It doesn't do anything if it's just a a book that's going to sit on the desk and collect dust, right? So getting a bunch of different opinions and all the research obviously can help. And there are such a wide range of disabilities. Exactly. And that's why in my manual, I have a lot of different like at the top, I always say the degree of physical ability you need because the reality is a lot of kids don't have a high degree of physical ability. Right. So I think that by making it very wide range, there's something for every kid in this book, which is what I love about it. Yeah. 
And so this is actually leads well into my next question. In your opinion, why do you think physical activity is so important for all people? I grew up with sports my entire life. I've been playing sports since I'm four. I've been playing soccer, baseball since I'm six. So my entire family kind of was based off of sports and physical activity. So when I realized that a lot of the kids are not able to be playing sports like I do and doing physical activity like I do, it kind of hurt me. And I just felt like physical activity, obviously, it's good for the health aspect. But for me personally, it's also like it helps my mental health so much. Like when Mm -hmm. I'm able to play soccer, when I'm able to play baseball, softball, it's like my mind is clear. And even though I have a test in like 12 hours when I'm at (laughs) soccer practice, it's like my mind is clear and I'm having a great time. So obviously the physical, like for health, like obviously that's important. But I think mental health wise, it could help so many like lives of these kids. And that's so important for physical activity in general. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. And so what are some steps that our communities could take to make, let's say, the actual sports facilities and activities more accessible to individuals with disabilities? And then a follow-up question to that, and you can answer in two parts, mm-hmm. is how can they deal with the lack of equipment? Because sometimes there's a lack of equipment and resources for us to help people that have disabilities. Yeah, for sure. So I think first, obviously, the easiest way is education. Educating is the most practical way to help promote inclusivity in sports and make activities accessible for all. And from there, I'm sure that I hope that in the future years to come, municipalities begin to create centers for children and people with disabilities to allow them to play sports so maybe these facilities can be you know have a lot of equipment that's for people with disabilities instead of just having a gym like a gym kids can play in a jungle gym kids with no disabilities can play in but people with disabilities are not able to do these things so I think that hopefully in the years to come we're able to create these centers in more than one in all of Quebec so that more kids all over Quebec and all over the world are able to play these sports. And to fundraise it, obviously we need to fund it because it's expensive, obviously, because it's difficult, I guess, to create the centers because you do need a lot more work than just an empty room. But at the same time, if you want to do this, like I think there's also a big misconception on how easier difficult it is to adapt sports because I'm saying this firsthand when I first began making my project I thought it would like making the sports and creating the activities would cost a lot of money but I realized that you don't need as much equipment as you think you need and I think that that's a huge misconception that people think that because you want to give like allow people do physical activity with disabilities, you need tons of equipment and you need tons of different things. But I realized that it's possible to do at a low cost. So just getting the facility built up, that's all you need. And from there, making the entrances accessible and making getting inside accessible from there, so much is possible. And the equipment itself inside the places is not going to be as expensive as you think it will be. We also need to do this for 
these people to normalize this kind of stuff. Because right now there's sort of like an us and a them and it makes there's sort of a, a, a divisive situation with all these kinds of activities. So I think the more, as you say, education and building these different centers, it sort of makes it accessible for all. And then it makes it normal for everybody just yeah. to join. For sure. Because even if like, obviously people will, I became friends with some of the kids that I was with. Like every morning I would see them and be like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. I realized last year during the camp, it's not like they're in a whole different world than us. They're with us. A lot of the time they even go to our schools. I know a lot of the kids go to Westmount High School. Like they realize they're in our world. It's not like they're in a whole different world. And it's just, just because there's not as many it doesn't mean that they don't have the right to the same opportunities that we have. And I think that's a huge thing that a lot of people don't realize. For sure. And they think and feel just like we exactly. do. So, you know, we want to make sure that everyone feels good and included in everything that the whole world has access to. Yeah. And obviously the Mackay Center has done so much. Like the Mackay Center is so accessible and there's so many things to do. But People who live far from the Makai Center are not able to necessarily get those same opportunities. I'm not sure if there's a lot of other ones, but I don't think there is. No, so, there's not. Exactly. So it's just a matter of creating these facilities and building these structures. Mm-hmm. And from there, the games and the activities you can do inside are not super costly. It's just a matter of fundraising and yeah. just putting money towards them like a lot of the money gets put towards us and a lot of the money gets put towards the majority of people but we can't forget about the minorities and like they're a minority that need the same amount of attention as anyone else in the world no it's so true I really find it inspirational I think it's such a great project that you focused on and um, I look forward to seeing where it where it goes (laughs) if we switch topics, I mean, a little bit, but not so much. Just we're still talking about sport for all. For the people that don't know, you, I believe it's your first year that you made the baseball team at LCC, which (laughs) traditionally has been an all boys team. So congratulations on that, because that's super cool. And that's history in the making. But I want to know if you can just tell us about how the experience has been. The experience was really, really good. I mean, it was basically just like playing on any other sports team. I've, I've been playing on sports teams at LCC since grade nine, which is when I came. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't that different from the other ones because I have to say, like, I was just one of their teammates. Like, they didn't really care that I was a girl. Like, I think that I had a great team, which is why it made the experience so good, but I really, really enjoyed it and we made it to the finals. <laughs> and even though we didn't win, you know, we I think it was a great experience for me because I really like I wouldn't have wanted to make history, I guess, yeah. with any other group than what I did. It's great. And I mean, I'm glad that you had a good experience and obviously it's a great group of athletes, but you know, probably At a certain time in our life, there were challenges that prevented girls Mm -hmm. from participating in sports on an equal footing. And so, like, what do you think some of those challenges are? And do you think that there's, you know, traditionally sport that's seen more as like, this is a boy sport or this is a girl sport? And how does that sort of perception affect maybe girls trying out or the accessibility? I think stereotypes have like a big part of girls not wanting to try 
last year I was in grade nine and I didn't try out for the baseball team because I just started the school. I was nervous about like what other people would say. And I was nervous about, oh, what if I don't make the team? Then it's going to be like embarrassing for me. But I think that the stereotypes of like boys being rude and, you know, rough, (laughs) it doesn't really make it really welcoming for a girl to join the team. But the stereotypes are really not true. Like, all of the boys in my team were super sweet and super welcoming. And obviously we had times where we were like intense and, but that's with any other team. So it's not like it was a huge difference. And obviously I think traditionally most or even all sports were male dominated. Yeah. But I feel like nowadays you really don't see that anymore. Like I've been playing baseball since I'm six and I grew up with playing with boys, but I transitioned into playing with girls and I loved it. It's like, I don't really think there's still that big like split between boys and girls, even with, let's say hockey. I know girls who play hockey and they're amazing. And there's so many different programs for girls to play hockey in the States and everywhere else. And I feel like the gap is just closing more and more as the years go on. So personally, I don't think there's a huge gap in boys and girls sports anymore. But I think that that's just because I grew up in the time period where like everything's just really merged now. No, it's actually very true what you say. And what do you think parents, schools, communities, like how can people work together then to create a more inclusive environment that encourages it? Because it's so true what you say about stereotypes. So everyone has to work together to, I guess, try to um, encourage all individuals to play on an equal level. So obviously I was able to play on the boys baseball team at LCC, but I think that it's also important for communities to organize more girls leagues Mm. so I grew up playing baseball with boys until the age of 12 I think Mm. and then when I was 12 I started playing on a girls team but we played against boys teams but obviously as you get older it's annoying when you know when we're hitting and you know we have better technique but it just doesn't go as far or we'll do things and it's, it's just it becomes more difficult moving on and getting older so I think that just making sure that there's more girls leagues because I played on a girls league and it's very competitive. It's a very high level of sport and just allowing more of these leagues to be created, it makes it a lot more accessible to girls and it makes it a lot less daunting. Yeah. Like, cause it's scary to go on a team, like when you don't know what to expect. So yeah. I think that also a lot more girls are going to play if we have these facilities and if we promote it more. And well, yeah. a good point too, because as you get older, it's just natural for the boys mm-hmm. to get bigger and stronger. That's just mm-hmm. something that will never change, right? It's a boy-girl thing. So it's at one point you can't stay on the same team or compete against one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that in baseball, I was with school. So I was able yeah. to compete just because i been playing my entire life and I think that school baseball is just you know it's with your school so obviously there's a big crop of kids but I was able to compete with them because I just had a lot of experience but on a regular city team I wouldn't be playing at as high a level not necessarily because of my skill level but just because of 
basic genes. Like I'm not going to be able to hit as far as a boy. I'm not going to be able to throw as fast. So I think that by creating more girls leagues, it'll make it so much more fun and more accessible for girls to play sports. Right. And then what do you think the long-term benefits are of providing that equal accessibility for society as a whole for everyone to have the chance? When we're talking about that as a whole, I think that it just helps. Like it builds teamwork skills. It builds resilience. It builds so much. Like me personally, like if I didn't have sports in my life, I would not be the person who I am today. I wouldn't be as like strong as I am, like mentally, physically. I wouldn't be the person who I am. And I think that sports and teamwork just helps build and make society as a whole better. So if everyone is able to experience the experiences that I had, I'm hoping that the society as a whole becomes better because everyone's kind of just going to become more confident. And with that, our society is going to become better because the skills that you learn in a team are the skills that are going to help you for the rest of your life. And I'm only 15, but I already know that being in a team, I've learned so much. I've made so many friends. I've made lifelong people who I'm going to know for the rest of my life. And it's just having these experiences are important for everyone because if we don't, then we're not going to be able to learn how to work in a team in society together. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, you've got such a great outlook on it. And in conclusion to our conversation, so how do you think you've touched on it a bit, but playing on the baseball team, like how has that changed you? And is there anything you've learned about yourself? And then I guess in general, do you have any sort of parting words or advice for people listening about accessibility and and sport for all to leave us with? I think that with the experience, obviously, when I first created the manual, I kind of realized that I have so many opportunities and I had the opportunity to play on the baseball team and I could have and I wasn't I was thinking of not doing it like the day of the tryouts. I was like, do I want to do this? Like, Mm. am I ready to do this? But I realized that with creating this manual, so many kids and so many people don't have the same opportunities that I have. And I'm not going to waste my time caring about what other people think because I have the opportunity to make a difference. So why wouldn't I take the opportunity to play a sport that I love, a sport that I have such a deep passion for, that I've been playing since I'm six Mm -hmm. because I'm scared. Like I wasn't going to let myself do that. And I think that making this manual kind of helped me realize that because I realized that not everyone has the same opportunities. And If I can make a difference, that's what I want to do. So I learned a lot about myself this year. I learned like so many things I didn't think I was able to do and I did them. And I think that in general, I just, I grew and I became more, I became stronger as a person. And I think that I want people to know that you can't allow fear to block what you think you can do. Like if you just always do your best and always try your best, there's nothing you can lose. Well, for 15, you've had some great experiences. (laughs) You have a fantastic outlook on life. And I'm it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I wish you all things good luck with all of your sports and school. And you're certainly gonna make a difference in this world. Thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to We Are LCC. For more, go to lcc.ca slash podcast. And remember to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.